Okay, everybody, welcome to a very special episode of the Superhouse Podcast, or Superhouse Live, as we've been calling it uh, as of the start of 2019. I am Andrew. I am one of the hosts at Superhouse. This is not the usual intro. What you're listening to now is off of my scuba mix on my iTunes. This is User Space by the band called The Algorithm. I always thought they were really fucking awesome. Um, I listened to this, uh, I forgot the name of this album that this is on, but uh, I know this song is called User Space. And uh, anyway, this is not a uh, this is not a music podcast. I'm just we're just trying to switch it up. Um, just a little bit of uh, super house news, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, some of the guys have changed jobs, and we we do not do this full time, uh, and it's been hard to schedule us to do everything all together uh, to record one all together. So I'm thinking of just recording. I thought to record this solo thing and um stefan might record a solo one i'm trying to get the other guys to see if they want to do that as well they're more than welcome to i thought i would kick it off i guess um but yeah this is kind of the format at least for now um until we can kind of figure out our schedules and and then go from there um one of my uh, you know podcast uh heroes i guess you could say that i look up to kevin smith he uh, will often record a solo uh, one himself as well uh, whenever he has time, you know, and he'll be crying on YouTube or something um, solo usually. But uh, <laughs> anyway, if this is your first Superhouse Live, welcome. Um, this episode actually is not live. The reason that we call it live is because we will do a kind of a live show on Google Hangouts, which is basically on YouTube as well. But anyway, uh, to the main story here, or at least one of the top stories. Uh, so we've been asked by a few people to review uh, Endgame. Um, honestly, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I am not. I've been trying to move away from doing these movie reviews. Uh, and only the, and, and Maddie loves it. Uh, Maddie loves doing it. I do really enjoy it as well. But the thing is, it is so hard to be a movie review podcast and stand out in any way whatsoever. Um, We've actually had a few, more than a few discussions on this behind the scenes at Superhouse. Um, We've been trying to think about all kinds of new things we can do. Um, But, you know, we have been asked to do this, so uh, I thought I would start it off, and this is topical. And we're past the spoiler mark. This will be a spoiler review, and this is more a quick review as well. We usually do a pretty deep dive on our other review episodes. If you go back into our backlog, you'll see. Um, But, yeah, so uh, in-game, let's get to it. Uh, Just my review. Again, spoiler review. Spoiled to Helen back. So you've been warned twice now. Um, So basically, I enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if it's like a 95% like it is on Rotten Tomatoes. And I know that they they, uh, aggregate those scores uh in a in in their own way which is a little bit separate uh i think my my the way i think usually actually is more in line with uh with metacritic which what they're around a 75 or something and i think that's more or less what i would rate it as 75 7.5 to 8 in deeds we review our movies in uh in deeds and uh i don't know um i it's my gut reaction. I don't know what really didn't work for me. A lot did, I know. I think 
part of it going in was uh, how do I say this? Um, I think I wasn't. This is just a personal thing, nothing against the movie, but I just kind of wasn't in the mood to see like a, a lot of crying and a lot of bleak shit. I was already. I was. I, I walked out of Shazam just loving it. I was in. The, I've been in a mood lately for. I don't know what you call it. I just want to. I'm. I've been in the mood for more positive movies, I guess. And there is a lot of humor in Endgame, and most of the jokes land as well. Um, I will say it was kind of good to see Ant Man cry in that one scene because you, you. We've gone so long. He's had two movies now, and he's been in Civil War, and he's just really. You know, uh, not to say that, not to take anything away from him, but he's kind of a joke character, you know? Like, he's he's probably more comedic than uh, the other characters. Uh, so, uh, maybe not as much as Thor Ragnarok was, but, but yeah. So, just to see that change in tone for him, that was kind of cool. And there's a lot going on as far as, like, changing the tone in the movie, right? Like, it, one of the biggest things is you got <laughs> thick Thor with you know thick with uh, two C's, <laughs> as the internet kids say. But yeah, fucking fat Thor, right? That shit, that was hilarious. I thought that landed every time. I mean, it totally took me by surprise. And that's what's so good about the Marvel movies, you know. You, they're not they're not afraid to switch something like that up. They're not afraid to, I guess, because they have all the money in the world now, but. Um, they're, you know, they're taking chances still. You know, some people get even more um, conservative when they get more money. But these guys, you know, they know the formula and the, and the love is there, I guess, especially from Feige, Favreau, and Russo brothers. Um, it's, it seems like that anyway. Um, but, uh, but yeah, Fat Thor, hilarious, looking like the dude from, uh, from the Big Lebowski. Every, that, that worked every time. I mean, God, that was so funny. Um, what else can be said about this film? I mean, Cap getting the hammer, excellent. Uh, Thor wielding two hammers, I fucking loved that. Uh, what else? Um, one of the other. This is uh, we're usually a little bit more organized in this as well, but I'm just kind of like speaking free form here, real off the cuff, but. Uh, Hulk, the Hulk subplot. So you have him basically having a uh, Hulk ED from infinity war. And then you cut to this one and he's nothing but the Hulk pretty much. And it's just like this subplot, th- this, I guess you can call it a subplot, this thread of the story where they, it's like, they didn't know what to do in between films. Um, you know, like it seemed like that was going to be a bigger deal. They wanted a bigger reveal or something like that. And um, it just goes to show you that for better or worse, they really are playing this kind of ear like a uh, movie by movie. It seems like, I mean, maybe there's some grand plan with a big, um, you know, bullet points. You know, they have a general idea of where they're going, but it seems like smaller stuff like that. They just kind of like they're still figuring it out basically movie by movie. Even these are essentially almost like one big ass movie, right? Like one, I don't know. Like it seems like the Thanos story could be one humongous fucking movie, but, um, but yeah, um, rocket, they kind of like, I don't know. It seems like not much happened with him. There was almost nothing with teenage Groot. I wonder if teenage Groot is so, uh, like they can't get much comedy from him because I wonder if he 
I wonder if he tests bad and tests audiences. Like it's more cringy in a bad way. Like the the whole teenage humor thing. Like they got. I wonder if they got as much as they they got as much as they were going to get out of the uh, what do you call it? The first um, like a, like when he first turns into teenage group. You know, there's like. I I feel like there's not much else they can do. He'll probably just be regular group by the time we see him in uh, As Guardians of the Galaxy three or whatever. Um, but yeah, the Hulk thing didn't really like work out for me that well. I mean, it was funny, it was funny as hell. But I guess they're just kind of done with like Hulk Smash, the Angry Hulk thing. I guess there's been a a million, not a million, but you know, several movies of that same thing. So. At least that it like in the in the same vein in where they turn they turn its on they turn the whole plot on its head or at least an element of the story on its head like they did with Fat Thor they do that with where instead of mostly Bruce Banner he's mostly the Hulk and sometimes Bruce Banner so that was cool uh, I I mean I enjoyed it but it was a little bit like the humor worked for me as well. And I don't remember any like memorable action scene with the Hulk specifically, though, honestly, looking back. I've only seen the movie once, but like the comedy of it worked. It was just the fact that it was a bit abrupt from like that was a plot line that I was kind of invested in from Infinity War. So, yeah, Um, I mean, uh, what else we got? So like Gamora and 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 Nebula and Thanos, that storyline is only gotten more and more fleshed out. And when you first see Guardians of the Galaxy 1, I guess Gamora is more or less written well, but Nebula, to me, in my memory at least, was, you know, kind of a real side character. So it's really cool to see um, to see her get a lot more fleshed out and, like, you know, this sister-on-sister drama. Uh, I, I really appreciated that. And, um, I mean... with the fact that you know thinking of her and like the uh whenever her future self and her past self start to interact with each other and that's what alerts thanos i think the movie really picks up there as well um i think in the first other than like the hawkeye uh what do you call it the hawkeye intro that was a fantastic intro fucking amazing nothing but intrigue i love that um, but there was something past the first, like from the, maybe it's hard to pinpoint cause it's been a while. I saw it Thursday night when it first came out. Um, it, like from the 10 minute mark until like the 30 minute mark, maybe somewhere around there, it really dragged for me and I don't remember why. Um, but then after that, somewhere along the, the time where they are, uh, going they finally go into the past and then you know you have 10 years of this movie franchise and then to kind of get this recap with these characters going back and and seeing uh and you get to kind of relive those moments like it's nostalgia but then at the same time it's also something new at you know it's that part's really written well and then i'm kind of well i'm not stealing this i'm going to reference it uh mark bernardin on the uh Fat Man Beyond podcast with Kevin Smith. I, I listened to that one yesterday, and um, he basically uh, said that on his third viewing, the what what occurred what occurred to him about what the film is about. It's about um, getting to say 
what you couldn't what you didn't say before getting a second chance to say something to a loved one or whatever um you know like getting being able to say goodbye that's what the movie's about and that's what's so genius about the film you know there's so many marvel haters out there and I mean, look, if that's not your tone, I think a lot of it, they don't like the tone, they don't like the sense of humor. Which, fine, I get it. But for me, the humor works most of the time. Um, And I fucking, you know, I fucking love these films. There's some that I don't like quite as much. I actually wasn't super fucking amazed at Captain Marvel. I wanted to love it. That's for another day. But, you know, like, if you go back, like, the way... I grew up in the 90s, and there's going to be more on that in later podcasts um, coming up, hopefully. But um, um, you'll understand that later. Uh, but yeah, so growing up in the 90s, it's like by the time they got to the second movie, and especially by the third, it was fucking terrible. They could barely hold a fucking trilogy together growing up. You know, they could not get it ever. Only the first movie usually, like the the, the Matrix, although the Matrix 2 and 3 are in the 2000s, whatever. But it's kind of a good example, though. Like, you got a trilogy where really only the first one's any good whatsoever. Only one's memorable. And you got the Marvel... The Marvel uh, the Marvel movies are like 22 movies in. Is every movie wonderful? No. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Iron Man 2. Or 3, really. I like... I, they're fine. You know, I, I don't hate Iron Man 2 as much as everybody else does. And I don't love Iron Man 3 as much as everybody else does. Um, and I don't think Iron Man one is the best one in my personal opinion. Uh, winter soldier is the best. I love that Bucky scene at the end, captain America fucking, even though when he makes stupid decisions, sometimes he's, he's the heart and and Iron Man's the brains. Although they switch it up sometimes, because if you think about it, if captain America is the, uh, is the quarterback, he makes a strategy, he makes a play. There's a lot of brains that goes into that as well. And then you got Iron Man. That's fucking, you know, his heart when he really needs it, you know, especially like how this movie ended. And, you know, in Iron Man three, he shows his heart to the kid and Iron Man saves the day in Iron and Avengers one, you know, he's just not a, doesn't wear his heart on his sleeve like cap does, but that's what's, that's the great dynamic of all that shit. The captain America story in this movie honestly was my favorite part. I think Dr. Strange was my favorite part in infinity war. Just, I don't know, I like the, the thousand arms thing, and I like how he, even though it was very short, I just like that that, pl- that subplot, that, that thread of the story where he uh, sees all the possible futures. I, I love that, like, I've seen every possible uh, imagination of the future, or whatever, outcome. But with Cap in this one, it's just, you know, him finally getting the girl, and it, it, it starts with a very personal note with Hawkeye's family and it ends on a, the most personal note you could get, which is, you know, cap finally getting the girl, man, finally getting the girl. You know, you got, you got like so many movies of him just like being totally selfish and selfless. And some people think he's selfish with civil war stuff, but you know, that's what makes movies great. You know, so, you know, everybody sees something different, but like for me, I love, I love that, and I know that Cap was about to get with another girl, and I haven't watched Agent Carter, and there's been some reference, I forget, I don't remember every single thing about these movies, but there's, like, Agent Carter's had kids in one storyline, or uh, now that they got this multiverse thing maybe happening with the 
Spider-Man trailer hinting at that shit. Um, you know, like, I wonder if, like, that's another version of Agent Carter now or whatever. But anyway, let's just assume that Kat went back before she met the guy and had kids with that guy. That's how I like to view it. Uh, but, um, but yeah, just like he, he never got that last dance. That's from, that's from first Avenger, man. It's in the timeline, not in the movie, not how the movies were released, but in the timeline of the Marvel cinematic universe, that being the forties, world war two era, he, you know, it's called the first Avenger. You know, this is the first in, in the whole thing. And then chronologically, what the next one is what, um, It'd be Captain Marvel, I guess, right? At least so far, before they spell it out more, before they flesh out uh, other storylines. Um, Cap going back and restoring the Infinity Stones, maybe. Um, who knows if that'll ever happen? I don't think we need it, but, you know, it'd be cool. I'd go see it. Um, oh, another thing, another minus, I guess I could say, is the... Uh, I guess Vision was pretty much done... But, you know, I really love Vision. I've been a fan of Paul Bettany since A Knight's Tale. He's the best part of A Knight's Tale, you know? Him being the herald for, for uh, Heath Ledger's Knight. Oh, my God, man. He was hilarious. It, you know, a lot of the movies he's done since then <laughs> haven't been all too great, but I've always enjoyed him as an actor. And um, him being a Jarvis was awesome. And then he finally got to play Vision. That was fucking sweet. And I think Scarlet Witch kind of like uh, references him in the one line that she has, but um, I don't even know how I would have played it out. I guess they they said, but the thing is, they kept saying Vision's gonna be there, even without the stone. The bet maybe the best parts of Vision or whatever they talk about in Infinity War. So there's they were hinting at it, and then the nothing ever happens with that. So maybe that's for another day. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to fucking happen with that shit, man. But it's just really... I've said on Facebook, I've said I personally like uh, the Avengers movies more than Star Wars. Reason for that is, so there's several reasons. First of all, look, I it's not like I don't like Star Wars. I fucking love Star Wars, all right? I'm going to be seeing all those fucking movies. You know, uh, I have a great time. At all of them. I see him like twice in the theater. Um, I love Jedis and shit. <laughs> but, but um, you know, it's just like, I don't know what it is. Uh, superhero, the superhero genre, I just tend to like that more. You know, I have a friend that, you know, says that it's kind of a joke, but he says as long as there's an explosion in it, he likes it. Basically, he likes any kind of action movie. I think for me, as long as there's lasers in it, I like it. Again, gross generalization, but lasers, laser beams, optic blasts from people's fucking heads or hands or something like that. I fucking love it. But that is to say, I don't know what it is. It's just I like the heart, humor, and spectacle that uh, that the superhero genre, uh, you know, has. And seeing him on the screen, and I don't know what it is. It just feels like, again, growing up in the 90s, superhero movies were a total fucking joke. Um, hardly any of them were good. I mean, the Bat Batman one with Keaton was in 89, uh, and that was one of the best ones, but that wasn't even in the nineties. But, um, I saw that one on VHS and then I finally saw Batman returns and the other ones in the theater. But, uh, anyway, I think also the video games playing Marvel versus Capcom 
and X-Men vs. Street Fighter and all those, actually mainly on the Sega Saturn. Um, Sega Saturn was really known for 2D fighters, and I pl- and it was just... I mean, full disclosure here, guys, I didn't read a whole lot of comics growing up, but I watched the hell out of the Batman uh, animated show uh, and the and X-Men. I think at the time I was more into X-Men, the X-Men cartoon, because it was more... Uh, it seemed more adult or something. It, like Sometimes the themes that they hit on were just a little bit more adult than what I was used to watching, like Eek the Cat or uh, or whatever. <laughs> Terrible Thunder Lizards or something on Fox, you know. Capital Critters. Remember that one? Doug. I was, you know, anything on Nick. Um, and I didn't play that much, that many Star Wars games. Um, I kind of grew up... If y'all was born in 84, right? So that was a year after Return of the Jedi. And then what the prequels came out in like 97. So there was this huge period from the time I was born until 97 or so. I think it's when the re-releases happened. Where there was no Star Wars whatsoever. And there was hardly any Bond, by the way. Um, so the very, uh, the very uh, time period in which I grew up. Unless you were watching on VHS, which I was not, I only I did not see it until it was in the theater. Um, for some reason, I don't know why. Uh, but uh, so, I'm like, my nostalgia is like not really there. Uh, not as much as it is for superhero stuff. Um, superhero stuff was like always there for me, and the movies aren't only about nostalgia. But I, you know, you can't deny that that's a factor. Um, on top of that, the other reason is. A lot of the Star Wars movies, you know, like especially the prequels and The Last Jedi and Han Solo are not quite as bad as those, but they're, you know, they're not quite as amazing as as, as Episode 4 and 5, right? Um, especially, like, I would say Rogue One's better than Episode 6, um, but Episode 6 is pretty good, but it's just like... You got 22 movies, and let's say, like, if you like Marvel movies, let's say 18 of them are good, like, really good. Um, that's a pretty fucking good run, man. So, um, that's, it's just the amount of movies, and, and look, if you're a Star Wars fan, I get it. I'm not trying to hate on your fandom. You could say, well, episode four and five are better than those 18 fucking movies. I get it. I totally get it. It's just that for me and my fandom, the kind of shit that I'm into most, I, it's just, man, I'm going to be there for Marvel and like, and like DC's getting better and better. Shazam was fucking awesome. Shazam is exactly what you want from a, from a fucking comic book movie. It is exactly what you want. As an atheist myself, an agnostic atheist to be specific, to be precise, um, it was a little bit, the only thing I did not like about Shazam was, was like, the, the arc where he joins the family to, to, to pray like he's, but I guess it's more, that's more or less about him joining the family than him becoming religious. So there's maybe some gray area there, but even so, I mean, to this, I mean, I, I fucking love Shazam, man. I thought that this is great. Other than that one, that one little factor about it. And that's just my little personal pet peeve. Um, I thought it was absolutely wonderful. I mean, the whole, Spoilers again, Shazam spoilers coming up. Turn it off. Three, two, one. The Shazam family at the end, man. God. I mean, talk about like delivering. Um, but yeah. So um 
that's basically it. I uh, give the movie, let's say, I give Endgame 7.75. I don't think I can give it quite an 8. What what it gets like a 9.5 for me is Winter Soldier uh, and Civil War. And um, Iron Man 1 probably up there. Yeah, maybe. Um, and then... Uh, and then I don't know. I I might have liked Infinity War slightly better, but then at the same time, I feel like getting the conclusion and the finally hearing Avengers assemble and seeing Thanos's arc kind of happen too. Uh, and of course, Cap. You know, like an ending. It's kind of hard to say, but I think there were some parts that were a bit tighter with Infinity War, and this they let some things go. Uh, they, there's some scenes that weren't quite as tight as they should have been, you know, here's a word that I learned from Simon Cowell. Well, I didn't learn it, but I, you know, solidified in my brain after hearing it a few times from, from watching American Idol. It was some scenes felt self-indulgent, but even so that was only a very small part of the film. Definite thumbs up. I'd say 7.75 is my, uh, my indeeds. Um, but yeah, that's it, guys. This is the uh, this has been. I don't know if I'm going to call this like Andrew's audio files or something like that. But yeah, we're going to do more. We're going to maybe do more solo stuff. We have a few interviews planned. We're going to tr- hopefully not take such a crazy hiatus like we've done before. And um, you know, it's been like two or th- it's been like three, four, or five weeks since we released something. Hopefully, that doesn't happen again. We've just been trying to figure things out. It's, we've, we really want to restructure uh, some things and kind of, uh, you know, pay for some ad space in some areas. And we've already done that actually a little bit and uh, just to kind of see what happens. Um, and even though I reviewed a movie here, this was just kind of, kind of, to kind of get back into the groove of things and hopefully do something that will stand out a little more. And we do have a little bit of that coming. Um, we do, you know, we're gonna, we're, I'm sort of looking at Superhouse as kind of like a way for us to, um, I don't know, like, it's kind of a, the best word I can say is like blog or just talk about our lives and the things that we're into and maybe we'll lose some focus. Um, we're gonna have like, you know, some topics that are not entirely like nerd based or not typically nerd based coming up um but just stuff that we find interesting you know if we don't make any money at least we want to make something that we find interesting um whether that be superhero movies or whatever you know like i really want to add a lot more of the japanese stuff if you don't know i uh i lived in japan for three years and i taught english in japan for three years and i learned japanese pretty good at that time and I've been studying Japanese since 2004 so it's like 15 years at this point and not just learning the language but just like talking about culture stuff and differences and things like that I mean I've been back for god 10 years almost um but I do try to go to back to Japan as much as I can and I'm going back later this year and I'll also be in Hawaii in two weeks so that's also almost like Japan I've heard just a bunch of Japanese people there, but, uh, but yeah, I, w- I kind of want to add more of that as well. And there's definitely a lot of nerd, uh, stuff that could happen. Um, again, thanks for listening. Um, 
you're listening to the song La Mer by Charles Trenet. Uh, this is a, also off my scuba mix. Um, I've been scuba diving for, I think, two years now, and I am loving the shit out of it. Um, don't know how much I even love fish or coral. I mean, I like it, but I think I just love the act of diving. I love the act of being underwater for a long time. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, you can catch us on patreon.com slash superhouse podcast. You can catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're on all those things. We mainly use Facebook as a way of announcements. Um, Instagram is maybe our second one. Uh, our Twitter is not very is not used all that much right now, uh, but we're all, we are on there. You, if you want to uh, email us, you can email us at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. I am Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, I think that's going to do it. Thanks for listening. This is Andrew signing out. On voit danser le long des golfes clairs à des reflets d'argent la mer des reflets chauvants sous la pluie la mer la mer au ciel d'été ces blancs moutons avec les anges si purs, la mer bergère d'azur infinie. Voyez, près des étangs, ces grands ouillés. Voyez. Chanson d'amour, la mer a bercé mon cœur.